The Retro Lounge is a look back into the archives of the Recruiters Lounge podcast with Jim Stroud and Karen Matinen. The Recruiters Lounge podcast posted weekly between the years of 2005 and 2010. With energy, wit, and opposite points of view, <laughs> Jim Stroud and Karen Madden discussed, debated, and squabbled like children over HR issues that affected the workplace and society overall for the benefit of all who would listen. Way back on April 25th, 2008, the title of the Recruiters Lounge podcast episode was Ministers, Strippers, Hells Angels, and Guns. And this was the description that we used. A minister introduces a bill and gets some heat in Canada, which makes it hard for hardworking strippers and club owners who have to um, import foreign talent. Good thing to have Hell's Angels to lobby for them, or at least they did back in the day. Want to talk guns in the workplace? It could legally happen. Plus, the story of O is quite interesting. Plus, Karen has a potty mouth. <laughs> All this and more in the latest round of the Recruiter's Lounge. Well, uh, stay tuned and you'll hear the things we discussed way back then, April 25th, 2008, after this brief commercial message. Do you love four-letter words? Who doesn't? And then you mix recruiting news and insights in with those four-letter words. I'm Cheese. And I'm Chad. And we are the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Tune in wherever you listen to podcasts. We, we out. out. Hey, what's the best platform out there to help automate initial phone screens? I found exactly one result. It's First Screen Through Talent at www.firstscreenme.com. Com. Great, but the calls need to be self-served by candidates when they're available. Correct. It's true talent at www.firstscreenme.com. And I need to be able to record my own voice. Uh, are my speakers broken? It's still true talent at firstscreenme.com. Right, but it needs to do reference checks too. You're starting to really irritate me. It's still true talent. And of course I have to be able to listen to the original audio as well. Yes, yes. Still true talent. And it needs to be able to do high-level analysis on all my candidates as well. Okay, that's it. I can't take any more. Shutting down. With tens of thousands of completed calls and years of research to back it up, FirstScreen is the award-winning pre-qualification platform to quickly check candidates' soft and hard skills as well as references. See a demo of True Talent on our website at www.firstscreenme.com today. Find your True Talent with FirstScreen. Launching an innovation in HR tech is no small feat. With all of the noise and countless vendors in the market, sometimes the most promising innovations don't get the chance they deserve to impact HR. And while early and growth stage founders are highly innovative, most aren't experts at scaling revenue to drive growth and support their vision, which can mean the end of the road for many startups. That's where Pure ACB comes in. We've had the great fortune of working with some of the most innovative brands in HR tech for over three decades to build compelling messaging and solid scalable teams that drive growth, giving these innovations a chance to impact how HR is done. To learn more, visit us at pureacv.com. Hi, I'm Jim Stroud. And this is Karen Matinen, and welcome to the Recruiter's Lounge. The Recruiter's Lounge is a podcast of news, interviews, and commentary on the recruiting industry. And it was designed with you in mind. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your time in the Recruiter's Lounge. 
SGA, Executive Tracker Pro, is an online service providing contact information on thousands of executives at each of the top public and private companies. And here these people. It is 100%, yes, 100% telephone verified, constantly updated, highly accurate, and comprehensive. With SGA, Executive Tracker Pro, you have at your fingertips the contact information of C-level executives and all of those essential director and management level personnel that you just can't seem to find anywhere else. Listen up, people. SGA, Executive Tracker Pro, can dramatically shorten the amount of time it takes you to find the best leads. Hey, pick up the phone right now and give them a call. Tell them Jim Stroud said, I could have a free 15-minute online demonstration of your product. And I want to see it right now. The number you need to make that happen is 518-843-4611. That's 518-843-4611. And, of course, you can also find them online at www.sgaexecutivetracker.com. Affinity Circles is the leading provider of exclusive social networks for established professional organizations seeking to promote career advancement opportunities among their members. Today, preferred employers such as Merrill Lynch, Oracle, and TiVo are using Affinity Circles to source qualified passive candidates from over 140 top-tier organizations like Stanford, Dartmouth, and Golden Key Honor Society. To learn more, visit AffinityCircles.com. That's A-F-F-I-N-I-T-Y Circles.com. And now, on with the show. children of all ages. This is your host with the most, Jim Stroud, and sitting next to me in her lounge chair, snickering to herself about something funny she's going to say sometime during the show, Karen Madden. How are you, Karen? I'm so doing well. I, I, ho- I hope it's as funny as, as the look on your face. Well, i got to tell you, our readers are just going to be shocked as usual with our, yeah. we have some of the most interesting stories. Yes, yeah, I think they're somewhat interesting. How do you do? I think they must think we actually go out of our way to look the stuff up. You know, you know, but it's because of our listeners that they send us these interesting stories for us to talk about. So yeah, I guess they're as perverted as they think we are as we go through some of the stories <laughs> that were sent to us rather recently. Oh, gosh. Actually, i got a couple more an hour or two since I, told you, since I started talking to you oh, initially. Gosh. Anyway, you had one better than mine, I think. Yeah, well, I don't know if it was better than yours, but it, it definitely was interesting. I was reading a, I was reading a uh, news story that, someone, that was forwarded to me. Mm-hmm. It's about the frustration that a certain sect of people had involving their lawful business, and I have to say that it's lawful business and it's properly licensed, and they're experiencing a, uh, a skill shortage uh, in their industry. And so the person thought that that was something that we'd be interested in, and I read it, and lo and behold, I think we are interested in it. Uh, The industry that we are speaking of is the adult entertainment industry. Uh, (laughs) And uh, (laughs) and I was talking specifically up in Canada. You know, they have this uh, this new bill being proposed by the uh, immigration minister. Uh, Her name is uh, Diane Diane Finley. She's the immigration minister up there in, in Ottawa. 
Ottawa, Canada. Diane Finley. Got Diane, Diane Finley. Diane Feinstein and over here. I wonder if she's as uh, spicy. Maybe they're separated at birth. Maybe. Well, she introduced this anti-stripper legislation, is what they're calling it. Uh, actually, it was in, actually, it was introduced last year, but it's being reintroduced uh, in the fall um, this year. As a message, she said, we'll crack down on sexual exploitation and human trafficking. And this, this bill, which is called Bill C-17, it'll authorize immigration officers to, uh, how we say, assess the risk of exploitation and refuse entry to temporary workers, in particular exotic dancers. Now, this is really interesting to me because the whole thing about the exotic dancer industry in Canada, um, to really put this in focus, you got to look back at the, the mid-1990s, because during that time, uh, the the uh, exotic dancer industry, <laughs> or the adult entertainment industry, I guess, had some really strong lobbyists working for them. You mean like the mafia? I mean, in particular, Hell's Angels. Oh my God! And when you had to when you come into the country, you had to have a visa to be you know to be entered in to do whatever kind of work you do. Well, thanks to the lobbying efforts, the vigorous lobbying efforts of Hell's Angels on behalf of some of these exotic dancers, and some would say organized crime. Um, they were able to get what is called a fast-track option, uh, a fast-track program, which was pretty much just said, hey, don't worry about a visa, just, just come on over, do your dance, and pretty much. It was a work, Yeah, it was a work permit validation program. But and, is that what happens when they usually got stuck over here and they're getting locked up in these little rooms and these, like, you know, you see the movies and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, well, actually, you know what? Let me backtrack a little bit because I'm, I'm, I'm reading through this information. They they got a work permit validation program, which was like the which was the fast track program I talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. And what it did specifically was it gave blanket permission for strip club owners to bring in foreign dancers mm-hmm. without having to prove they couldn't find anyone in Canada to fill the job. That's what it was. I mean, they couldn't find strippers in Canada. There were no strippers in Canada, according to the claims of the club owners. So they had to. Import foreign labor or foreign yeah, strippers. It's like the H-1B visa scam that's going on in America now. Well, you know what? That's that's one of the reasons I think they have this Bill C-17 that the, the uh, minister Diane Finley introduced in because I think they're, they're using it as an excuse to do some human trafficking. Mm-hmm. You know, bring bring people in from out the country, mm-hmm. then trap them into this world of porn sex, and porn, yeah, and, and other things. lust and love and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I think I think her introducing this bill is legitimate. Um, but on the other hand, to argue both sides of the coin, there are some, for lack of a better word, legitimate exotic club owners who say that they cannot find Canadian uh, strippers <laughs> for their what? business. So they have to imp- they have to import dancers from other countries. Meaning these the the women in Canada just don't want to get that raunchy or I, what's the deal? I, mean, I, I, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's high morals or maybe maybe their um asking no. price is a little high as compared no, to some Romanian dancers. I know. Are they've got red light districts too. Come on. I mean they're just like every country. There's well, like well, they I, drug yeah, they have some drug abuse. I, we gotta ask some people out there what they think about this. You know, I I'm, I'm gonna look for people in Canada to ask about this. Is it possible that there just aren't enough Women strippers in Canada? I, I doubt it. I'm sorry. This really sounds like an H, the H-1B BS that we get down here. It's like there is just not enough IT people in America. So that even though we've displaced 100,000 people, so we're on, with the 100,000 jobs that we let go to bring in 100,000 H-1B visas during the 2001 and 2003. You know, I I, I don't have enough experience with the Canadian uh, red light district. 
<laughs> all the comment on this. There's a woman there, but it's like, oh my God, even the men in Alaska have no shortage anymore. They have women. They have women. They have women. They have strippers in Alaska. Dude, they put an ad in the newspaper in Alaska. I will marry you, and these women go flocking down there. Get out. You don't get to watch those shows. In fact, there's a one coming up soon about marrying a, a farmer or something the other day. You know. Wait a minute. So people put an ad in the paper saying, I, I want to get married, come over here, and then women, like male little brides, like from the 1800s? They're that desperate. Yes, they'll flock. No. God, where have you been? Well, you know what? I, I can almost believe that. You know how I can believe that? Uh, there's a show on TV called The Bachelor. You mean I was going to go there. And, 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 and they have this guy, and they have like, I don't know, 15 women. All conniving and scheming ways. I really love him, and I've only spoken to him like 20 minutes, and he's only looked at me like 10 seconds. But I know I'm in love with him. I'm like, how can you do? I don't want to say degrade yourself because they're not doing degrade well. Are they? They are. Okay, I'm trying to be nice. I've only looked at him for 10 seconds, but I'm madly in love with him. It cannot be that. And these women are beautiful. I mean, I, I don't watch it all. You know, I've seen the commercials yes. and everything, and they're, they're good-looking women. It's not like they're, you know, belonging to the outhouse. Have you not seen the one called the uh, Tia, Tia Maria Leah, whatever her name is, one on MTV? Oh, Lila Te- Tequila? Tequila, yeah. Tequila. I, saw that, I, I saw that when I was flipping the channels because I, my mouth dropped because I could not believe it. It was, it was a uh, bisexual dating game. Well, no, it's more than two dating well, game. It's the same thing. These guys, um, the guys and the girls. But, no, she had guys and girls choose, trying to choose her affections, right? Right. She's going to end up after. After the whole series is over, there's going to end because uh, they're, they're, they have to give up a key. Okay, so she's going to choose two, four, five guys to go. For well, a key to her apartment? Um, yeah, it's, or what they do is they have to prove her, their love to her, and they're all mad if they get to leave. Well, I knew I had a connection with her because I knew she would have fallen and loved me. Oh, I was so in love with Tia. I can't believe she's making me go because we would have been a perfect couple together. Oh, God. It's just unbelievable. I, what is the psychology behind it, or the psychology? Maybe that's the best way to call it. Well, the thing is, it's like this thing here. I mean, okay, firstly, is it that they have less abuse? Because most people who... No, I'm not. I should maybe rephrase this. There, it is. A, it is an established fact that many times when women who get into striptease or get into that type of behavior, etc., they generally have been abused. Not always. No, and, and I can. And, I and, well, I can. I can. Let me give some. Let me give some real life. Some real life examples, because I have some cousins who uh, are beauticians. Mm-hmm. And they made a lot, quite a bit of money doing the hairs of doing the hair of women who um, are exotic dancers, and right? And women actually had told them they'd never had sex, sleeping abuse at all. I, I didn't. I didn't say that. I mean, okay. we didn't get that deep into it. Okay. But in some conversations, sitting around the you know the salon, just sort of just being curious and talking, uh-huh. you know, one woman was, was like, you know what? She liked the power she had over men. Yeah, she, she thought it was happens. empowering. Well, that comes from being abused generally, though. I'm not going to say that all. I'm being very specifically careful what I say here. Mm. But what happens is is that, and a lot of times, there's been a couple of times, too, when some women become lesbians because they have been sexually abused, too. But there's this feeling of power that they get because they have been powered over themselves. So I wonder, is there just so much less abuse in Canada that there's just no women who are willing to go ahead and be empowering over when? I, you, know I, what? I, you know what? I would like to think that, but after reading this article, and I'm going to link to it from the, from the blog post here, but um, at therecruiterslounge.com, of course, um, 
But I'm thinking that the whole idea behind Bill C-17 is because there is a lot of trafficking well, the in this regard. Well, the thing is, we have that. You know, and I think they are, like, bringing women, I think, from here from Russia and Romania and a few other places just so they can trap them here and then use them as, as uh, sex slaves. Yes, and, you know, I, not just that, though, because you remember that story that we, you and I shared about here in um, California? Mm. There were those employees who were working for the particular mill, wood mill, and... For oh, the chicken plant? And, and that was a, it was a wood mill, mm. and they had been coming, they had come from Thailand, and they were actually enslaved. There were like 14 of them who had been enslaved. I thought that was a chicken plant. No, that wasn't a chicken plant. It might have been. There's been so many different versions of them. There have been... Right. There have been... I know in San Francisco, there also had been one where there was a asparagus plant, and then there was another one up in Washington State where it was a carpet factory. So there's been several, but the one that was last remembering, and one last memory of, of one was last January, and this the EOC had said that this guy had escaped, and he'd been in coming to the country fraudulently on a fraud fraudulent H-1B visa that this that a recruiting company had gotten for him, mind you, hmm. and for 14 other individuals. It was a manpower, not a manpower being the manpower corporation, but they was called manpowers, may have been one of their franchises. Okay? Oh, I remember this story now. Yeah, now you do. Yeah. And so these guys had gotten a bunch of people in legitimately on, ba- on these regular visas, H-1B visas, mm-hmm. Well, these other 14 others, they, they uh, fraudulently duplicated the visas to bring these guys in. They met them at the airport, and then they entrapped them. And they were taken to the work, picked up, and they were told that if they said anything or did anything to try to escape, that they would never get to see their families again. Right. Right. And they did manage to one guy escaped and got the EOC to come up there and they haven't been able to catch the original guy. So yes, I mean, it doesn't have to be just prostitution and you know what's really sad is that this is the saddest part. The laws regarding slavery in America in regards to this type of slavery or in indentured slaves have there really aren't any laws. Mm. There's no laws in human trafficking. There's laws in having slaves and owning mm-hmm. people, but none in human trafficking. We've only started to start adopting laws in 2004 in regards to kind of like how do we try to prosecute, but even then it's still like prosecuting through EEOC or Department of Labor laws or something like that, but there's really very few laws, on, even in America, regarding human trafficking, and it's a travesty. It's a huge crime in every country. Wow. Wow. So I'm glad that you brought this up because, in fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you some links on this, okay? Mm. Um, because this is there's a lot of companies out there right now. There's a lot of places out there who are trying to create an awareness on this. So I'm glad we brought this up because this is a big problem. Hmm. You know what else is a problem? Mm-hmm. The way you treat your employees. Oh, you mean my story? <laughs> yes. Please oh tell your story. God. Please tell your story. Okay. Well, it seems that in Florida, mm-hmm. Governor Charlie Christa, Florida, decided to sign in a bill that allowed employees to go ahead and keep guns in their locked cars on the employer's premises. <laughs> now, there's, there's a lawsuit. These Florida business groups have decided to sue uh, the governor 
because they feel that it violates the employer's property rights, and they feel that it will help significantly increase the risk of physical harm, serious physical harm or death to the customers, employees, or another other invitees who enter the parking lots or places because of the plaintiffs and those of their members who own parking lots in the vicinity of such places. I just read this from Workforce.com in case anybody's wondering. You know what I think that would ha- what would happen? Uh, I think that would put new emphasis, a whole new emphasis on emotional health and stress in the workplace. We're going to just, okay, everyone, no one get, it, no one get stressed to, out. No stress I out. wouldn't want to ever yell at my employees, ever want to even raise my voice. I wouldn't even want to look at you funny, raise my head, or nothing. I would be so concerned about you even looking at me funny. See, that's just an accident ready to happen. That's like a bad idea. Can you imagine? That's a bad you, idea. Can you imagine if, if this was, okay, you got an employee at the post office who works at the post <laughs> This is going postal, a new emphasis on going postal, okay? Wow, wow. Oh, my God. It's like, to me, it's like, why make it easier? As I was talking to someone about this today, okay? Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting conversation. Now, this individual, um, I called him a Landy. He wasn't too happy about that, okay? You called who now? I'm sorry. I called the gentleman I'm having the conversation with. I called him a vigilante. He's not. He's a nice guy. You called, uh, him, a, you called him a what, a vigilante? Yeah. <laughs> you talked I, to Charles Bronson? I, he's a, he loves his guns. He loves his guns. Hey, that's wrong with loving your gun. Is he from Texas? Because that's yeah. sort of... That's a good <laughs> He's a very nice guy, and I'm sorry for calling you vigilante, okay, my friend? But the fact is, he's a, he is going to listen to this, too. So, But we had a very, very animated conversation. Hmm. And he was like, he feels that he should have the right to walk in any place with a gun, as long as he's got his concealed weapon thing right, and that he should have that right. And I think, okay, you have a right to have a gun. I believe you should have the right to own a gun. It's in the Constitution. We have a right to bear arms. You have that right. But you know what? You want your right to bear arms in your, to protect your property or to go hunting? Go ahead and do it on your own, on your own property, on your own time, but not on mine. And don't include me on it. Hmm. I mean, it's like I could just see you and, say, Michael having a conversation, and Ed over here is you having a conversation, Michael, and you're describing this wonderful new toy that you just put in your glove compartment, and it's out in the car, and Ed's, like, looking to you, and he's getting all pissed off because he is not included in that damn conversation, and you must hate him. And he gets so pissed off and worked up in a state, and he just goes off to your car. He breaks in there, and he comes back up, and he starts using your gun to shoot everybody. Hmm. That Don't ever say that won't happen. No, 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 no. I, 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 I can mean, see that happening. Because that's what this person was saying. He felt, oh, that he wouldn't do it. I'm like, but it's not you that I'm worried about. But you know what? If everyone else in the office is carrying heat, too, <laughs> that will cut down on, on that too as well. Because that's the kind of thing he was saying. I'm like, but if nobody was carrying any heat, then there wouldn't be any problem, would there? Uh, Well... I mean, it's like I could see the pros and the cons for it, but I feel like if you, I mean, the fact is that we know how many people die. I mean, do you know over 200,000 accidents happen because of guns every year? Yeah, more people are more likely to get, if someone gets shot at home, it's because of um, not proper, proper, not practicing proper gun safety. Well, it's, I, I mean, he was, we were going through these statistics, 5,000 right. kids get killed by a gun a year. 
But you know what? If, if you have a swimming pool in your backyard, you're oh, more likely to get drowned. Did you talk to him? No, no. It's from a book called Freakonomics. Oh, and they he, looked, he brought out Freakonomics. That's a good book. That's a good book. And I'm like, I laughed because I said, I have a pool, okay? But guess what? The, the numbers from Freakonomics were wrong because only 245 kids have died with a pool. I don't know if the numbers are wrong. I mean, that guy. No, no, no. Freakonomics was wrong. Freakonomics is a book, okay? Freakonomics. I actually. No, but he he publishes uh, in a column. Website. He publishes a column in, I think, New York Times, I think it is, or Wall Street Journal. Yeah, but it's still like a that. book. It's still a novel. No, 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 no. It's a, it's a fact-based book. It's not a fiction. It's not a fictional work. I don't know where he got his number because he couldn't believe it. I said, here's the link, and it was the .gov site, okay? Now, what we got is the reported facts about the do- And there's a lot of doctors, okay, who get their numbers from the autopsies and from, you know, the the um, from the morgues and stuff like that, about the people who have actually had the gunshot, the gunshot wounds. Hmm. I mean, over 5,000 kids a year compared to 245. I mean, I just went through these numbers today, okay? Mm. 245 kids die in a pool. And by the way, I'm held liable. So I, because I have to have a, a wall and a gate and fences and all stuff around my pool to make sure that kids don't get into my pool, and I will be held liable for that. And, yes, I do not see having... My kid, I am more scared of my granddaughter's coming to visit me, and I have all kinds of little latches and stuff because I am paranoid about my granddaughter going outside and falling into that pool. Right. Well, you okay. could always, you know, uh, drain the pool when it's not in use. You can also drain the pool when it's not in use, except for you're still going to have a major fall because there's a nine-feet little precipice dip there, okay? So there's still going to be a kind of a fall going in, you know what I mean, unless you put a cover on it, mm. um, which we putting, we're putting kind of putting anyways. Um, get a nice heavy cover so that she probably wouldn't fall in. But we're going to put these latches. We have fence and gates and all that stuff, too. Uh. So that does protect us. But the main issue... And this is very much, I mean, there's a big difference between 200 and 5,000. Right. Let me, um, let me switch gears a little bit. I want to talk about the story of O. You've heard of that? The story of what? The story of O. No, I, oh, I think of uh, what women like today when they are happy. <laughs> I'm talking about, rink? Oh. No, I'm talking about Chia O. Chia O is a um, worker in the, in the U.K., Mm-hmm. And Miss um, Chia, um, bless her heart, she she came to work, told her boss, you know what, um, I'm pregnant, mm-hmm. and eventually I'll have to take some leave. But you know, I just want to let you know about the good news. Is is she a he? Yeah, she. No, 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 not that story. This is not that one. No, it's not that story. Uh, and so um, she, she um, told her boss. I think the boss was uh, his name is Rob Tyler. Yeah, Rob Tyler, mm-hmm. and. Um, you would think the boss would be, you know, understanding and nice and okay. But he said, um, well, it's your fault for getting pregnant. And he sent her, like, an article on natural contraceptives, uh, <laughs> on effective natural contraceptions. <laughs> and she was like, ha-ha, you know, thinking it was a joke. But, but the guy was serious. And, and that started off a series of bullying and um, uh, workplace harassment. And now she's suing for... Uh, what seventy thousand euros? I think it is yeah, pounds. She's suing for. Oh my gosh. Uh, she she she's just she's just more for that. On here. Yeah. Well, I don't know what I don't know what seventy thousand pounds translates to. Uh, seventy thousand. 
70,000 pounds? I, I'm looking at this symbol. It looks like a, uh, an E, so I think yeah, that's, that's pounds. Pound. Yeah. I would say that that probably is about 140. Okay. Well, she makes, well, you know, she makes like 32 pounds a year, so it's probably a lot of money for her. She makes 32 pounds a year yeah. or a month? No, a year. 32,000 pounds a year. Oh, 32,000. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. She didn't, she's not doing poorly then. Yeah. yeah. So she's suing for that. Down How? here, a recruiter and her client had to pay out because of something very similar in New Jersey. They had to pay out 650000 Yeah, a recruiter had got sued for sexual discrimination regards to Canada getting pregnant. That happens too, you know. You know, people don't think recruiters get sued, you know. Yeah, I've heard that on the show quite a bit. Why is that? Why do recruiters think that they don't get sued? Because they don't hear about it. And if you don't hear about it, and if it doesn't happen to you, then you don't think it exists. Okay, here's a question. If you are being sued by the EEOC, or by anyone for that matter, would you want your clients to know? Of course you wouldn't. Well, why would you tell anyone? With my point exactly, which is why people don't think that recruiters get sued because they don't hear about it because they won't tell anyone about it because yeah. they don't want to damage their business or their own reputation. I guess because they, people think, well, I can go ahead and do it. It's worth my return on the investment because I don't hear about it. Well, do you hear about everybody who gets a frigging traffic ticket? No, you don't, but you know that happens. Oh, but you're more but you're more sensitive that at least with that, when you're driving down the road, you see a cop pull somebody over to the side, you see those flashing blue lights, you know it's not a Kmart special, you have an idea of what's going on, they're getting a ticket for something. So know, although you don't know the the specific parameters of the ticket, you know they're getting one, so you're reminded that they do exist. But you do not what well, you know, are you gonna tell that when when the cop pulls you over and everybody else is speeding past you, you're gonna look at the clock and the cop and say, But why are you picking him on them? Everybody does it? Are you going to do that as a friggin' excuse? No one's going to say that. Oh, my gosh. And what about the fact he was like, well, but, Your Honor, I didn't know. Okay. That's the excuse you're going to use, too? Mm, no, because you're going to say ignorance of the law is no excuse. Thank you. I mean, i got to tell you, there's some real ignorant people. I don't care if people get me. I am sorry, but I know I should probably get, say, apologize before I say this. But we'll I'm get emails on it. We always do. I don't know. I don't want you to edit this. There's some real ignorant people in this goddamn industry. Yes, you can even use the goddamn energy. Uh, I am sorry. There are some real ignorant people. I used to think they were, hey, that's a step up. I used to think all, a lot of you guys were just downright nefarious, mean, and evil. I really did. But I'm now you've upgraded them to just ignorant? No, I'm just, I mean, they really are ignorant. There's a lot of ignorant people in this industry. There's a lot of great people. There's a lot of admirable people, and there's a lot of knowledgeable. Now, when I say the word ignorant, I mean it in the true dictionary sense of the word. Hmm. Uninformed, unintelligent, and unknowledgeable. About well, no, you can't really say unintelligent, just uninformed. Un no, they're unintelligent in regards to the legal issues of this industry. How unintelligent? Because they don't know it? They're not intelligent of it. That's right. That would be un no. That would be that would be uninformed, not unintelligent. Because you can be really smart and just not know something. Mm, you know, I have to look this up now, right? Because <laughs> I, I mean, because the way I look at it is that if you are being an intelligent in the aspect, it's that your intelligence is limited in the respect in the respect of legal, having or displaying a lack of intelligence in the legal industry. Yes, there I go. I was right. Unintelligent. Well, in, intelligence could be information. You know, I don't think that I don't think that's the, the right word. Okay. We'll let you. Not intelligent. 
right. Because, okay, someone could say, I, mean, I don't know a lot about cars. Oh. Does that mean that I'm unintelligent or I just don't, I just don't know? Maybe not intelligent with regards to cars. But yeah. You know what? I'm going to probably get, uh, having intelligence, okay, mentally acute, okay, showing sound judgment or rationality, appealing to the intellect, okay, I'll give it to you. All right, everybody? I'm giving Woo-hoo! it to Let's you. Let's play some music behind that. On radio. I, I won yeah, one. Wow. Wow. Oh, my God. You've got it already. Okay. And I'm, glad I, I'm glad I have audio proof here. You know what? My husband wishes he was in your phone. <laughs> 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 He's going to be like, because you can get to play this one back. He can. <laughs> and on that note, if anyone has any questions or comments, uh, we'll like to. i got to protect myself okay, here. Well, okay, well, really quick, because we're, we're out of time. Okay, so we'll do it I real gotta quick. i got to protect myself here, because I can see some hate mail coming in on this one. Okay, look. Okay, we take, we'll take. we strike the word intelligence, okay? Mm. But uninformed and unknowledged people in this industry when it comes to the laws. And i got to tell you that people, I've heard people comment, oh, I scared them or something by bringing out all this legal information. It can or, be intimidating to people who are used to doing things a certain way and don't want to change. Well, the thing is, I mean, I look at it. Somebody just recently said that they don't want to be scared about this stuff. They're tired of hearing about it. And I'm like, if you find this stuff is scary, then you are absolutely in the wrong industry. Because that is what our industry is. Especially if you're a third-party recruiter, there's 36 steps in the recruiting process, and you can be sued or held liable or legally held accountable for all 36 steps of the recruiting now, process. Now, we've got to point out these 36 steps. I'm not going to. Perhaps on another Perhaps on another show. All right, I do that. And I know what? I can, well, let's do a class on that. Oh, maybe we Would will. Would you like to join me on that? Maybe we will do a class on 36 steps of recruiting. Why not? That would be fun, huh? You yeah. can do the sourcing part. Uh, yeah. That would be fun. We'll see. All right, well, if anybody wants us to do a class, we could get him on this, okay? If anybody wants us to do a class on the 36 steps of the recruiting process and the legal issues even around it, I'm willing to do so. Just let me know, and I'll make sure that he's involved, too. Uh, on that note, if there are any other questions or comments that you have for Karen or myself, you can reach me uh, personally at Jim Stroud. That's J M. That is. G-I-M-S-T-R-O-U-D at jimstroud.com. Or you reach Karen at karen at jimstroud.com. And I'm going to change those email addresses eventually. I was supposed to have done it before this podcast, but I haven't. But um, we'll have some other emails soon. And if you change it, you can still get us on this one. Yes, yes, yes. Because you know what? We like to use his name. It has a good sound. Uh, it's the Jim Stroud. It's the, it's the Stroud man. And on that note, uh, <laughs> bye-bye. 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 Well, that's it for this show. You've been a wonderful audience. If you like what you heard, love what you heard, or (laughs) just plain hate what you just heard, uh, let me know. Your feedback matters. You can reach me through my website at jimstroud.com slash podcast. That's J-I-M-S-T-R-O-U-D dot com slash podcast. So until next time, I'm Jim Stroud, and you're not. And so this ends this edition of the Retro Lounge, home of classic episodes of the Recruiter's Lounge podcast. If you haven't already, uh, subscribe now so you don't miss a future episode. Okay, cool. Until next time, bye-bye.
Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.